Good morning. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 45 on page 396, and we will be using Psalm 95 on page 459 in place of the Venite. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 45, on page 396. My heart overfloweth with a good matter. I speak the things which I have made concerning the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men, full of grace are thy lips, because God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thee with thy sword upon thy thigh, O thou most mighty, according to thy worship and renown. Good luck have thou with thine honor. Ride on because of the word of truth, of meekness and righteousness, and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thy arrows are very sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, and the people shall be subdued unto thee. Thy seat, O God, endureth forever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Wherefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness upon thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh, aloes, and cassia, out of the ivory palaces, whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters are among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand to stand the queen in a vesture of gold, wrought about with diverse colors. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king have pleasure in thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift, 
like as the rich also among the people, shall make their supplication before thee. The king's daughter is all glorious within, her clothing is wrought of gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins that be her fellows shall bear her company, and shall be brought unto thee. With joy and gladness shall they be brought, and shall enter in the, into the king's palace. Instead of thy fathers, thou shalt have children, whom thou mayest make princes in all lands. I will make thy name to be remembered from one generation to another. Therefore shall the people give thanks unto thee, world without end. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the first book of Samuel. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon, fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of God. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore neither the priests of Dagon nor any who come into the Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod said how it was, they said, The ark of the Lord of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us and Dagon our God. Therefore they sent and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried the, the ark of the God of Israel away. So it was, after they had carried it away, that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, with tumors broke out on them. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So it was, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, they have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us, to kill us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines, and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel, and let it go back to its own place, so that it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with the tumors, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. Here ended the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim. 
praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who has prepared for those who love thee such good things as past man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises, which exceed all that we can desire, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. <clears throat> our story from Samuel picks up with the Philistine victory over the Israelites. We'd had the unfaithfulness of Eli and his sons at the Shiloh Sanctuary and the capturing of the Ark in battle and taking it to, to Philistia, uh, which is on the southern coast of, of Israel um, today. And in ancient battles, the idea was that when a one people beat or had victory over another people, it was like your God had defeated their God. So you'd bring their God in as a sort of trophy for your God, and that's what happens in our story. Uh, but it turns out that what the story tells us is that this defeat of Israel by the Philistines was not uh, a matter of Dagon defeating Yahweh, but was a matter of the people's disobedience. And it makes the point that, that the God of Israel can win the battle all by himself. So. You know, the ark is brought in into the sanctuary of Dagon to as a sort of to, to, to have him bow down before. Instead, Dagon's found two days in a row, first just falling down, and then they put him back in place. Maybe he just fell over. The second day, decapitated and had his hands cut off, which is often what an ancient battle victors did to the defeated. So this was a, 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 a sign of, of 
of, of the prominence of the God of Israel. And then also other things happen and there's a plague breaks out and there's some difference of, of interpretation on this in the Hebrew itself. Uh, one interpretation says that hemorrhoids broke out amongst them. Uh, and then, but there's a more deeply rooted Jewish interpretation that what the tumors were probably uh, maybe the bubonic plague, perhaps fostered by rats or mice, as the story will go on to say, because the Philistine offering to the God of Israel will be some golden mice, suggesting that that's part of the, the story. And also hemorrhoids wouldn't probably be serious enough uh, to, 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 to kind of crack the story. So the God of Israel is winning the battle all by himself and reminds us that the power of God is always present in the world. And we as his people are to be um, connected to him by our obedience and faithfulness. And then his power works through us. When we are unfaithful and disobedient, his power still works sometimes in judging us, but it will still be at work in the world. And so it's a story there. In the New Testament lesson where Jesus tells them to beware of the of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, and sometimes hypocrisy is a little bit misunderstood as, you know, as, as merely that we tell people things and we should do what we tell them to do. But I think hypocrisy in a religious sense is more deeply rooted in in the failure to understand that the things we see as being wrong in others are also wrong in ourselves. And the the real pharisaical danger, and I see it amongst Christians all the time, is using religious practice, outward activity, as a way to avoid looking honestly at oneself. And when we do that, we, we become outwardly righteous and very hyper aware of all the things other people are doing wrong and keenly unaware of the very ways our own lives participate in some of that same disorder. And this is why the Christian life is rooted as our liturgy makes abundantly clear, us coming before God honestly. And, and Jesus said, there's nothing secret that won't be uncovered, reminds us of our opening prayer in the Eucharist, Almighty God into whom all hearts are open, all desires known, from whom no secrets are hid. And we come to God and, and, and we see ourselves honestly and truly and make a good confession or an increasingly good confession as we're seeing more and more and we experience more of God's real redemption in those real places of our lives. When we experience this ourselves, we go out into the world to look at other people. We will look at others through the same lens of our own experience. We will see what's wrong. We'll also be able to correct with humility and, and uh, but, but not self-righteously, but inviting people into the experience of redemption and forgiveness and life that we ourselves have experienced, but it won't be finger pointing where those bad people <clears throat> are out there versus us in here. <clears throat> and this is some of the dangers when the church gets on the moral crusade because it begins pointing its fingers at all at the world, and and then it, the world points back and says, well, yeah, look at you guys here. This is why, as the scriptures say, judgment must begin with the household of God. And once we've experience this reality of, of renewal, we can then share it with people and confront sin honestly, as Jesus said in another place, first take the beam out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. So a few thoughts about today's lessons.
Continuing with a prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving help unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty, Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Chris, Robert, Bishop. Excellent message as always. May God bless you richly this day. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Thank Mr. You. Scarlett. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Bye, Thank kiddos. You. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, everyone. You. Bye, Susie.